Coming up on today's message with Pastor Johnny. Club, John wants the people to make a mental and a spiritual U-turn. Repentance is not just saying, I'm sorry. There is a mind change and an action change to go along with it. Don't just tell me you have changed. Show me how you have changed and show me now. Amen. Let's get into the word. Uh, Today's message comes from the gospel according to Luke. I'm going to be reading the third chapter, the uh, 7th through the 18th verse. Again, that's the gospel according to Luke. I'm going to be reading chapter 3, verses 7 through 18. I'm reading the New International Translation of God's word. Let's see what it has to say for us today. Amen. Hear ye the word of the Lord. John said to the crowds coming out to be baptized by him, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance, and do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I tell you out of the, that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. The axe is already at the root of the trees, and the tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. What shall we do then? The crowd asked. John answered, Anyone who has two shirts should share with the one who has none, and anyone who has food should do the same. Even the tax collectors came to be baptized. Teacher, they asked, what should we do? Do not collect any more than you are required to, he told them. Then some soldiers asked him, and what should we do? He replied, don't extort money and don't accuse people falsely. Be content with your pay. The people were waiting expectantly and were all wondering in their hearts if John might possibly be the Messiah. John answered them all, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I will come. The straps of his sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear the threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his barn but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. And with many other words, John exhorted the people and proclaimed the good news to them. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Pray with me. O Lord, our God, how excellent is your name in all the earth. We thank you for the opportunity to gather once again in your name and study your word. Lord God, we ask that the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, that we can find you, hide me behind your cross, Lord God. Allow me to decrease and you increase in this message. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Um, 
No catchy title for the time we have together today. Uh, just simply repent. The end is near. Repent. The end is near. I have a confession to make. I am a last minute Christmas shopper. And by last minute, I mean last minute. Um, there were some years, I've been delivered from it being this bad, but there were some years where I walked into the mall on Christmas Eve and got everybody's gift. I just didn't want to buy Christmas gifts at the last, I mean, I didn't want to buy them early, rather. And so I'd wait until the end and then go in and everybody got their, their gifts at that time. And we are coming upon the time for last minute gift suggestions. Uh, our mailboxes and our email inboxes start to fill with them around the middle of December. And the pitch usually will go something like this. Only X number of shopping days until Christmas. Here are some great gift suggestions for that special someone. And if you're ordering online, guaranteed delivery by December 24th if you order today. Uh, some last-minute gift givers uh, are in my camp. <laughs> And we appreciate the helpful reminder. Uh, but there are some who may have started shopping for Christmas gifts after last year's Christmas was over. Um, but most of us are somewhere in between. And as we approach this uh, shopping session, season, if you will, it's a fair bet that during the Advent season, uh, most of us are faced with the question, what should I give? It's a question that retailers love to hear because a large portion of their annual revenue is made up in November and December. I suspect that the increase in revenue is because our mindsets are conditioned to operate differently when we think we don't have enough time. Um, I can remember playing sports, and uh, if the coach said to run to the other end of the field during practice, everybody had a light jog. But if coach said run to the other end of the field and practice, five, four, three, everybody's running a little faster because they don't want to get down to one. There's a perception that there is not enough time. We operate a little differently when we think something's about to end. John the Baptist felt like we were running out of time in the passage of scripture. Uh, we come to John the Baptist in one of his very few recorded sermons in Scripture. We have a lot of sermons and songs and, and hymns from other biblical characters, but very few comparatively of John, than of John the Baptist. Um, John the Baptist is uh, 
sermon is recorded here in the gospel according to Luke, which is uh, in, in order of, of being written. It comes after Mark, but before John. Luke and Matthew were written around the same time. And uh, it's interesting, though, that's when I learned in seminary about Q, uh, because you have the gospel according to Mark, which is the oldest recorded sermon. And then you have stuff that's in Matthew and in Luke that is not in Mark. And so the, the, the people would wonder, well, where did that information come from? Uh, Luke and, and Matthew may have some differing deals, but they never went against Mark. And so they felt that that extra stuff came from Q. And so the gospel, according to Luke, has John the Baptist preaching to the people. And there is a crowd of people. They're running to get baptized. And John is like, the church is a little more packed than I'm used to normally seeing why are you all here? Uh, are, are you here because this is a club? Are you here because this is the it place to be? Or are you really trying to change your lives? And so he starts off the sermon. Uh, he was a voice crying out in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, uh, quoting Isaiah when he said that. But now he gets to his sermon and he calls them a brood of vipers. <laughs> of the more than 30 species of snakes found in Israel, uh, more than a half dozen of them are venomous. Six of them are classified as vipers and can deliver fatal bites. And this is one of the reasons many scriptures in the biblical text are used uh, to describe people. And they're, they're rarely talking about uh, the zoology or, or the animal. They're talking about the characteristics of the person. It's, it's a metaphor for uh, surprising treachery and danger. Uh, so in Genesis 49 and Job 20 and Psalm 140 and Isaiah 30 and, uh, and Isaiah 59 and Matthew 12 and Matthew 23, uh, only one instance in Acts 28 and 3 does the word viper appear in the Bible and they're talking about an actual snake. Uh, the crowds or more likely the religious leaders are described as a brood of vipers meant to make several points about it. Uh, uh, there's, there's a group, and a brood of vipers is a group. Um, and, and also to emphasize the collective nature of the opposition to John's ministry and to point out that their strength in numbers. Um, or it could have just been the fact that they were opposing parties. But I find it interesting um, that... that uh, John says the crowds, but other talks about this passage uh, or, or this event in other scriptures, like Matthew, it says specifically uh, the Sadducees and Pharisees. And I find it interesting that Matthew only points out the religious leaders as a brood of vipers, but John points out everybody. So you can't escape it. It's not just if you got reverend, doctor, bishop, apostle, or whatever in front of your name, we all have a responsibility to operate rightly when it comes to Christ. And so John says, I don't want y'all just here to get wet. 
because we out here baptizing people. I need repentance. Uh, in the Greek word for repentance, it means to change your mind. It means to change the way you think. So John is not asking for people to just join a club. John wants the people to make a mental and a spiritual U-turn. Repentance is not just saying, I'm sorry. There is a mind change and an action change to go along with it. Don't just tell me you have changed. Show me how you have changed and show me now. Repentance is not about how hard you pray. It's not about your status in the church. It's about what you truly believe and your actions. And Show me the change and show me right now. That's why they're talking about the axe being right at the tree and the winnowing fork being in Jesus's hands and the threshing floor. Because there's about to be some things that change and they are about to change soon. What are you doing to affect that change? John does not want us to sit here and stand on ceremony. That's why he didn't wear a bunch of fancy clothes. He wasn't going to do a bunch of fancy rituals. He had a simple message. Change your life before it is too late. Do something about it. Be willing to give of yourself to make some change. Uh, uh, Someone once told a parable about a man sitting by the side of the river and he noticed a body floating in the water. The victim was alive, but just barely, and he pulls this person out and gives them first aid. Then somebody else comes down the river and he pulls them out. And then another, and he keeps pulling people out of the river, saving their lives, but more drowning people keep coming down the river. And the person telling the parable said, how long must this go on? The author wonders before the man decides to hike upstream and do something about whoever or whatever is throwing the people into the river. Going to church and sitting there and saying, oh, that was a great message, but not doing anything about it is watching people fall into the river. Sitting around knowing that there are hungry people and you not doing anything to feed them is watching people flow down the river. Not evangelizing is watching people float down the river. Not putting any time into prayer and fasting and, 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 and doing the spiritual disciplines is watching people flow down the river. How much longer before you make a change? Make that spiritual U-turn and have some actions to go along with this repentance. Uh, Martin Luther King Jr. made a similar point uh, reflecting on Jesus' parable of the Good Samaritan. Uh, On one hand, he says, we are called to play the Good Samaritan on life's roadside, but that will only be an initial act. One day, 
We must come to see the whole Jericho Road must be transformed so that men and women will not be constantly beaten and robbed as they make their journey on life's highway. True compassion is more than flinging a coin to a beggar. It comes to see that an edifice which produces beggars needs restructuring. A true revolution of values will soon look uneasily on the glaring contrast of poverty and wealth. And that's Martin Luther King's own words from a speech called Beyond Vietnam, A Time to Break the Silence. We have to change our minds and not only change our minds, we got to change our actions. Repent for the kingdom is near. Repent for the end is near. I know this is supposed to be Christmas time and we're supposed to be uh, comfort uh, about the good news of God's love for all of humanity. Uh, but there is a secondarily, e there's also a secondary message that is equally as important to the gospel writers. That message is meant to comfort us. Yes, us in all the ways the world still doesn't measure up. It's not comfort, rather confront um, with all the ways the world doesn't measure up to God's standards of justice and how we, by our actions, can make a difference. Now, this isn't the time always that there's going to be tidings of comfort and joy. Many are expecting uh, that Christmas time sermon, uh, but I, we as preachers, have uh, uh, no choice because it's what the Advent scriptures clearly say. I didn't go pick out this passage of scripture. It's on the lectionary calendar. I didn't call you a brood of vipers. The text did. So what is John the Baptist's Christmas giving advice? How do we answer the question posed by people who come up to him and ask, what should we do? The answer's pretty much the same as what he spoke to them. Do some Christmas work. Don't limit your work to the usual suspects. Uh, don't limit it to people that you give to <laughs> that can give you back something in return. What are you doing for the least, the last, the lost, the lonely? You can give to them directly. And if you don't know such people, you can give to a church or a mission. But we've got to change the way we think about this gospel. We've got to change the way we think about evangelism. We've got to change the way we think about all of this. Or else it will just be something in the past. And as we do so, we follow the example of not only John the Baptist, but of Jesus, because Jesus came into the world to give. He gave of himself by living the life he lived. He gave of himself on the cross. He gave of himself so that we might have life and have it more abundantly. It was not an easy gift to give, but he gave it. It demanded all he had and all he was but look at the result. It's a world set free 
from the power of sin and death. And the best way to honor the gift that Christ gave to us is to change the way we think because we do not have much time. The best way to honor this gift is to give of ourselves and pass it on and give to others in his name. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the doors of the church are open and we invite you to come. Pray with me, church. Oh, Lord, our God, how excellent is your name in all the earth. We thank you for this opportunity to go into your word, Lord God. Lord God, we ask that it be a seed that is planted in good soil and produces a great harvest, 30, 60, 100 fold. We thank you for the opportunity to give of ourselves because you gave of yourself. Allow your Holy Spirit to do a work that only it can do. That those who don't know Jesus Christ and the pardon of their sins will ask, what must I do to become saved? As we depart from this place, but never your presence, we ask you keep us under your protecting care. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for watching this video. Please be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and share. Don't forget to connect with me on social media, Pastor Johnny Simpson Jr. on Facebook, at Pastor J. Simp Jr. on Instagram and Twitter. Thanks again for watching, and God bless.